when we have that brain fog, it means it's really, it's, it's hard enough to walk into a room and remember why you are there when you have brain fog, right? No kidding. Well, or finishing a conversation without stopping yourself midway and going, where was I going to go with this? Yeah. You know? Yes. So if you are trying to have mental clarity to deal with your finances or your business, that is a very tall order if you deal with brain fog. So everything becomes really hard work. And because we have low energy on top of that, we just don't have the motivation to do anything about the issue. We'd rather go and buy something that's going to make us feel good. So we end up wasting a lot of money because we just have to deal with the fatigue, the low mood, the general feeling of just survival. So we end up not worrying about the finances because I just simply, my brain is telling me I need a solution for this problem right now. Yes. So do something to fire some feel-good hormones, <laughs> which generally for women includes shopping. Welcome to the Money Mindset Podcast. I'm Ashley, your host and the creator of Budgets Made Easy. I help midlife women manage the next stage of their financial lives without all the guilt, overwhelm, and shame surrounding their past money mistakes. My journey toward money and time freedom started after we paid off $45,000 in debt in just 17 months. If you are looking for a judgment-free community where you can connect and grow with other women going through the same financial struggles as you, this is the place for you. Buckle up as we jump on the drive to money freedom so you can enjoy this season of life without stressing about money and retirement and how to just get it all done. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of the Money Mindset Podcast. I am so happy to have this guest here for you today. Her name is Vanji. She is a qualified dietitian since 2008, and she specializes in women's hormonal health after battling imbalanced hormones through perimenopause. And I brought her today onto the show because your hormones affect your entire life, including your finances. And it is something that a lot of people don't know about. I didn't know about. Um, and so she really explains things in a very holistic uh, approach, but in a simplified way so that it's easy to understand. So let's dive in to Vanji's interview about how perimenopause affects our finances. And she also has a free masterclass coming up to dive into this topic even more. So be sure to grab the link below in the show notes so you can sign up for that free training. All right, let's dive in. Hey, Vanji, thank you so much for being with us today. Hello. Thanks for having me, Ashley. I love being here with you. Absolutely. I am so excited to talk about, which I don't know, it sounds kind of weird that I say I'm excited to talk about it, um, but about perimenopause and menopause, because uh, this is something that you um, help women navigate. And it's something that I didn't even realize was a thing until I found you. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've got to get her on the podcast because it affects so many things in our lives. And so before we dive in, can you just give us a little bit of background about yourself? And then what the heck is perimenopause? Because a lot of us probably haven't even heard of it before. 
Yes. Well, it's because it's a very new term, and I'll talk about that a little bit later, Ashley. But my name is Vanji, like you said, and I'm a qualified dietitian. I qualified um, ages ago, <laughs> probably like 15 years now. And um, I specialize in women's health, specifically um, helping women to regain control of their hormones and their body through perimenopause. Because pretty much um, every woman that I work with come to me and say, I feel like I've lost control of my body. My body hates me. It's unpredictable. I have no idea what it needs and how to fix what I'm going through. So um, so that's what I do. I help women through online uh, small group coaching programs that I have. And I've got a self-study program as well called the Hormone Health Academy, which teaches us everything about that we should really have um, been taught through puberty. We should have known these things through puberty. But anyway, so perimenopause really is the lead up to menopause. So it's the transition phase. And this can take up to 20 years. Oh so my we gosh, that's too long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we generally expect to start dealing with these things a year before we go through menopause. And that was traditionally what we thought as healthcare practitioners. I think many doctors even today still believe that way. Um, and so many women are being dismissed. We have all these symptoms. They do all the blood tests, nothing come back abnormal. And so it must be in your head or it's normal after having children, right? Mm -hmm. So perimenopause is when our hormones, the production there starts transitioning from the ovaries over to the adrenal glands and production decrease as well. So, and this process takes, like I said, 15 to 20 years. It doesn't have, happen in a year. So that's what perimenopause is, the transition. Whereas menopause is really, um, I've heard someone say the other day, and I thought that was so accurate actually, that it happened, menopause really only lasts one day. Like you acknowledge one day. Haven't had a period in 12 months. That is the sort of criteria to, um, say right I'm in menopause is when you haven't had a period for 12 months this date marks menopause and then after that you're postmenopausal. Oh. so so menopause um really isn't the big deal the the symptoms that people experience leading up to menopause is all part of perimenopause and it escalates as we get closer to menopause if we don't know what is going on and how to deal with it if we do know these things I always say that perimenopause can be the best years of our lives. It really can, if we understand what it is and how to deal with it. Wow. Yeah, I didn't see. I didn't even know that. So a lot of people might be listening and thinking, Ashley, this is a finance podcast. Why are you talking about perimenopause and hormones? So um, can you give us kind of an idea of the symptoms? Because when I've heard you talk about it in the past, it's like, oh my gosh, that's what's wrong with me. That's why I can't focus. That's why I can't seem to get things done. And it really does directly relate to our actions, which ties into our finances. So can you give us, and also when does it start? Like kind of age-wise, since you said, you know, it could be 20 years. So if somebody is maybe not sure if they're in perimenopause, can you give us an idea of like the age range that might start? Yeah, sure. So we know the average age for women to go into menopause is 51 and perimenopause can start up to 20 years before menopause. So that can be average 31. But in general, we say women of 35 and older are likely in their transitional stage. So um, no, like many, many women say to me, I'm only 39. I'm too young to be in yes. this transitional <laughs> stage. But we 
my symptoms specifically started at 31. And this is how I discovered perimenopause. As a healthcare practitioner, I have no idea. But I had all these things happening to my body while eating really well, exercising a lot, and doing all the things that I thought I had to do to be healthy. And that's when I, after five years, actually, of going back and forth to doctors and specialists and they're unable, able, they were unable to help me, I started digging back into the research and discovered all of this stuff that's that the um, there's a lot of movement in terms of women's health research at the moment because all of these things have been discovered. So I would say from 31, keep your eyes peeled. And so the symptoms that we need to be looking out for is um, the brain fog, yes. fatigue, um, loss of drive and motivation. You wake up in the morning, you stare at the ceiling and think, why do I have to get up again? Like, can I just yeah. stay here for the rest of the day? Exactly. And the irritability, that's a big one. We feel irritable and on edge all the time. It's hard work to compose the whole time. Um, weight gain, especially around the waist. Then there can be some um, IBS is a very common symptom here because the gut is being affected big time. We know we have hormone receptors in the gut. So when those hormonal shifts happen, our gut is very affected by it. So it includes the bloating. For many women, that's maybe constipation or diarrhea or both. And just a general feeling of um, being uncomfortable in your gut. And, uh, and so the other big thing is periods that start to change. So they become more heavy, they come, become more irregular, more painful, they become close, like they get closer together. Um, so, and those periods are a big deal. A lot of women are affected by that one as well. But then there can be outlier symptoms like eczema. A lot of women struggling from eczema or acne, hair falling out, sleep disruption, dryness. Dryness is a big one. Dry lips, dry eyes, and then vaginal dryness, which leads to uh, painful intercourse and low libido. So those are, in general, there's about 36 symptoms that we can associate with perimenopause, but those are the most common ones. Yeah. And I'd say I probably have all of those, if not <laughs> most of those. Uh, so whenever I've heard you like describe that, it's like, I just thought it was because I've had three kids. So a lot of my symptoms is like, okay, it's just part postpartum depression. Like that it's just because I've had three kids. This is just what normal life is, right? So how do we know whether it is just like postpartum or from having kids versus perimenopause or, you know, maybe it's a combination of both? Well, I think it's key, that key postpartum, the term postpartum is key because whenever something is postpartum or starts at puberty or after having pregnancies, it means it's triggered by hormonal change. Like that would make sense, right? Mm -hmm. So I've had clients come into my programs who were convinced that they had severe postpartum depression. We fixed the underlying root causes of those hormonal balances and the mental health thrived. And um, this is something that I teach often is that the causes of mental health, like anxiety and depression, there are so many other causes that we need to pay attention to. We know it's closely related to our gut. The gut-brain axis is very important. There's a lot of research at the moment around that, whether we have low progesterone, high cortisol, those things affect our mental health. So taking anti-anxiety or antidepressant medication is just masking that symptom, slapping a Band-Aid on it, and not addressing the underlying cause. So when you have had your babies and now suffer with mental health, 
it's very likely that it is linked to hormonal imbalance. Because if you think about it, sleep affects our hormonal health. So if we sleep less, our hormones will be disrupted. If we don't eat as well as we used to, because we just don't have time for that, hormones are disrupted. Our cortisol is always turned on because they're screaming children and people that need our attention. We don't know how to regulate that nervous system. We don't, and we've never been trained the tools of how to do all these things. Then we end up with really unhappy hormones that lead to things like postpartum depression and all this stuff that you think is normal after having babies. But yes. if it's common, it doesn't equal normal. Common does not equal normal. It just means everyone around you don't know how to deal with the hormones. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good point. Um, and so can we talk a little bit about like the brain fog and the lack of energy? Because what I see with working with my women when it comes to their finances and myself too, when I have been struggling with this, which like I said, I thought was postpartum, which is probably more perimenopause and maybe a combination of the two for a little bit, but it's like, I just don't have the drive to get and like do the things I know I need to do. And I see that with women over and over and over that I work with. So um, can we dive into that a little bit more? Like maybe some of those symptoms when it comes to like tasks and taking action, like how is that affected by the hormones? Yeah. So first of all, a hormone is a chemical messenger and we have about 350 of them in our body. And their job is to take messages from one place to the other. And it affects behavior, energy, energy weight, cardiovascular health, every single thing. So we can simply not separate our finances from our hormones. We can't separate our marriage from our hormones. Nothing in your life can be separated from your hormonal health. Because if those messages don't fire well, you will just simply show up as a zombie, right? So when we have that brain fog, it means it's really, it's it's hard enough to walk into a room and remember why you are there when you have brain fog, right? No kidding. Or, or finishing a conversation without stopping yourself midway and going, where was I going to go with this? Yeah. You know? Yes. So if you are trying to have mental clarity to deal with your finances or your business, that is a very tall order if you deal with brain fog so everything becomes really hard work and because we have low energy on top of that we just don't have the motivation to do anything about the issue we'd rather go and buy something that's going to make us feel good so we end up wasting a lot of money because we just have to deal with the fatigue the low mood the general feeling of just survival so we end up not worrying about the finances because I just simply, my brain is telling me I need a solution for this problem right now. Yes. So do something to fire some feel-good hormones, <laughs> which generally for women include shopping. Yes. Yeah. So um, those symptoms, actually, sometimes I, I, a lot of my women say, I just need more self-control. Yes. But consistency often, too. It's self-control and consistency. That's what I need. <laughs> but when we look at hormonal health, your body is wired to uh, for survival. So when there is, for instance, when we have high, unregulated nervous system, high cortisol is produced, which means no progesterone is produced. Progesterone is our feel-good hormone. Okay, it, it deals with a mental health aspect of, um, yeah, in a big way. So if we constantly produce cortisol, we're going to feel wired all the time 
but tired, unable to fall asleep. But our body is prioritizing survival because it thinks I need to be alert all the time to get away from the potential danger. So what we need to do is rewire those systems in the body so that we can turn off that survival mode, turn on the rest and digest, which will give us mental clarity, patience, perseverance, consistency, you know, showing up, doing the work. And when we're in that state, we don't require any self-control because our body systems are working optimally. Our brain is functioning well, and we can think clearly about the things that we need to implement to um, get to the goal that we've set for ourselves, which for your women would be to get out of debt and to, um, to get in a financial position where they feel strong and secure. But we, we need to get rid of the, the survival instinct that is there. Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned like self-control because I hear that a lot with my women too. They just, they feel like they need more self-control because they're spending money when they know they shouldn't and that type of thing. And so, um, you know, a lot of the tips and tricks and stuff that I talk about um, is, is part of it, but I feel like this whole um, approach, this holistic approach about treating, you know, the perimenopause and the hormones is going to help with that. So that's, that's why I was like, I've got to get her here because it really is, it adds to the full picture right? Like it's not just one thing. It all works together. So um, what are some things that people can maybe start doing here in the next 24 hours or next couple of days? Um, and I realize you have like a whole training and stuff and we're not giving like healthcare advice. It's just general um, some things that maybe people can start to take those small steps in the right direction. Um, do you have anything for people to uh, just kind of something small that they could start with to help improve their symptoms? Well, I think it always starts with awareness, Ashley. Like when we just go through our day on autopilot, we don't know where the issues are and we don't know how to address them. So generally where I start with my women is to say, do a do a, do a summary of the symptoms that you experience, which you've always just accepted as being normal. But now you think, oh, maybe it's not start writing those things down because when we do that we can start understanding what is actually happening underneath the surface so if you get a healthcare practitioner like myself um i should probably get it i should put this together i like a little checklist that says when you have these symptoms it's very likely that you're estrogen dominant and this is what you can do immediately about that i think that would be really helpful yes it would but, <laughs> but i think to start with doing a summary of your symptoms and then start to realize that these things are not normal and there's something I can do about it. I don't necessarily need medication for it. I don't necessarily need surgery for it, but I need to understand why these symptoms exist. So the number one cause of hormonal imbalance in women is a deregulated nervous system because of high stress. And when we talk about stress, it's not just the mental stress that we have when we stress about our finances. It's when we don't eat enough. It's when we don't sleep enough when we don't take enough breaks, when we stare at a screen for too long, when we um, eat food that are not nutrient dense, they're just empty calories. Those things are all stress. When we're exposed to extreme temperatures, the body experiences that a stress releases cortisol and deregulates the nervous system. So a good exercise would be to go, what are my stresses? And how am I going to regulate that on a day-to-day basis? And the number one tip that I always give my women is to create pockets of white space 
in your day. Just as you teach them budgeting with finances, I teach women to budget their time. The first thing you need to put in is your eight hours of sleep. The second thing you need to put in is your meal times. So breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you have to schedule that in. Because especially women with a, in a career, we often skip meals. So that's the second thing. And the third thing you have to budget in your time is three five-minute time slots that I call pockets of white space where you eliminate all stimulation and you allow your nervous system to reset. So you go outside and you weed the garden, you go for a walk, you just have a cup of tea outside in the sun, just allowing your brain to stop, switch off and reset. So that would be my number one tip is budgeting those three things, your sleep, your meals and your pockets of white space. I feel very called out in this conversation. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have all the stressors, all the symptoms. I'm not doing any of the time stuff. <laughs> yeah. But you teach budgeting. You should stop budgeting your time. It's like, oh, this is, the, these are all my problems. <laughs> so just, just so we're clear, I had you on for my own personal benefit. No. Yeah. <laughs> this was a consultation in disguise. Yeah, exactly. Um. So- you know, people might be thinking, well, can't they just go to my OBGYN and talk to, aren't they supposed to be the experts in this? Like, should we do that? Or kind of what are some, like, what should we do if we think this is our problem? This is a good question. Very good question. And this is often something that I, that I tell people is in the 1970s to 1990s, 20 years, there is a huge gap in research of women's health because women were excluded from medical research because of the risk to the unborn baby. So for 20 years, all, and we're still in that, like, so say women were started to include it in the 1990s, then we have to build up this whole arsenal of research before we can actually start implementing the findings, which will bring us 10, 20 years down the line. And then we know it takes up to 20 years to bring research into actual practice because it has to go into the medical schools. The current doctors have to update themselves. And if they're not specialized in women's health, they will not know these things. So the, the medical care that you go get when you go to your general practitioner would generally be based on research that was done on male physiology. They don't have menstrual cycles. They don't have these um, significant reproductive phases that we go through. So it really is not relevant to us. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is I always always make people aware that doctors and specialists, we need them. They're wonderful. I trained with them. But they're experts at disease. They know how to identify symptoms and they know how to treat symptoms with medication. That's what they were trained to do. They're not experts at health and they do not know how to teach us to stay healthy, to stay away from those doctor's visits so that we can actually manage our health ourselves. So that's a big thing. There are cases where I do refer people to go to their GP. Generally, when people join my course, I do get them to do a whole blood panel and I look at that with them and explain to them what's going on. But when there's severe pain through periods, that is not normal. And then I would generally send um, my clients to the OBGYN just to get checked for endometriosis, cysts or fibroids. So there are those cases. But I would say 95% of the time when we experience these symptoms, we can flick that around through adopting good habits and getting rid of the habits that are not serving us. 
I love that. So as we wrap up here, is there anything that you want to add? Maybe I didn't ask you, um, or just something that you want the listeners to like really take from this episode. If they didn't get anything else, like one thing that to take away. I think it would be to realize today, let this be the day where you realize what I've been going through is not normal. The fact that it's common or it's common in my family doesn't mean it has to be my normal and these things that I can do about it to change this. I think that's the big thing. And then trying to pay attention to your body and then finding someone that specializes in women's health, functional health. In other words, not treating with medicine, but helping you to support your body for healing itself. Find someone that can do this with you, give you the education that you need and support you through that process. I love that. Um, now, I do always ask my guests for um, a recommendation of a non-fiction book. Now, it doesn't have to be re- necessarily relevant to the topic today, but it certainly can be. But just in general, like self-improvement, life improvement, habits, those types of things. Do you have a favorite book that you'd like to recommend? Well, actually, I love the Bible. I always That's my number one go-to in terms of self-improvement and all those things. But the current book that I'm li- I listen on Audible, because when I drive, I listen. I don't have time to sit down and read. You know, I have a budget <laughs> into my day. <clears throat> so the book that I'm listening to at the moment is called Ignite Your Life by Barry Maguire, who's actually an um, uh, American businessman. And it's about sharing your faith. So that's a very inspirational book for me at the moment. And I love it. Awesome. Well, I'll have to check that out. I always love it when I get new recommendations because, you know, I've had so many guests through the years. I can't believe it's been years of this podcast and, you know, a lot of the same books come up. So when there's a new one, I get excited. (laughs) I have a very long list and I'm the same. I have to listen in the car. I I don't have time to just sit and read, right? (laughs) Like who has time for that? I got to listen while I'm doing other things. (laughs) No, I'm the same. (laughs) Now, um, for those listening, they're like, oh, I think this might be my problem. I want to learn more. What resources or trainings do you have available for them to kind of start this journey with you? So I've got a free masterclass coming up, Ashley, um, in November. I think your time zone, it would be the 16th of November. And it's it's a masterclass that I'm running live. And it's called The Best Kept Secrets of Regaining Control of Your Hormones and Your Body Through Perimenopause. And in this training, I just teach the basic physiology of, of perimenopause, why that is important, and uh, what are the missing pieces at the moment for most women, and then five habits that you can start implementing straight away that will start flipping that thing around, that will start healing those hormones. So that's the big thing. I think that's um, great value for women to hit to. So if they're interested in that, I also have a podcast called the Perimenopause Podcast, and it's also available available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever they listen to their podcasts. Awesome. Yes. Check out the podcast. I'm a listener. Leave a review and we will put the links uh, down below as well. So you can sign up for that masterclass. Um, Well, I thank you so much for your time and sharing this very valuable information with us. I know I learned a lot and, and I'm going to, I'm going to schedule myself to take action on some of this stuff because I have been dragging my feet a little bit. I'm like, all right, I've got to, you know, (laughs) I don't know. I think I've told you before, but my listeners, I 
love Dr. Pepper and I really have to get rid of it. Like that is probably my biggest problem, but it's yes, like, yeah. I'm addicted to it. I, I just have to, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's been a problem for many, many years. <laughs> oh man. It's worth sorting out, Ashley. The moment you feel the difference, you'll go, oh, this that is just not worth it. You're right. You're right. And whenever I like give it up for a short period of time and then I go and I try it again, I'm like, oh, what is wrong with me? And then yet I keep drinking it. Like I don't, it's a problem, but I'm going to work on it. I'm going to budget my time. Like you said, I definitely learned a lot and I'm going to start taking action on a lot of things you said today. So I appreciate it. Go follow Vanji on Instagram as well. And Facebook, she shares recipes and different um, things that she's cooking to help with hormones and great tips. So go follow her there as well and tell her that you heard her on my podcast so she can say hi. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you to Vanji for coming on the podcast and sharing all this helpful information for us. I know it's helped me a ton. I am going to start taking some small actions to really get this clarity and get my hormones under control. Now that I am aware that that is probably my biggest issue lack of sleep, not eating enough or not eating enough uh, at certain times and just overwhelmed with stress and all the things just kind of compounding together. And so I know that you can relate to this as well. And it's important to talk about those things because it affects your finances just like everything else, right? So I hope that you learned something and you can start taking actions to really improve your overall life and situation. So go follow Vanji on Instagram or her podcast and be sure to sign up for the free masterclass. I will be there. I hope you will be too. Let me know if you're going to join us for the free training. Talk to you soon.